Welcome to the Business Tune-Up, the podcast that'll help you find your business spark. You'll hear great stories, learn quick tips, tools, and ideas from two top-tier business coaches that each bring their own experiences and perspectives. Candice and Jim are both passionate about what they do and share the same goal to bring value, inspire, and help each client they work with reach their full potential. This podcast gives you business insights through genuine, authentic, and fun conversations. Here are Candice Eckstein and Jim Cummings. Hey, Jim. Hey, Candice. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. Yeah. Well, here we are. Episode I don't even know. Super excited to be here. It always puts a smile on my face when I wake up in the morning and I see that today's a podcast recording day. So, you know, thanks again for coming down this journey with me and, you know, having some great conversations. Yeah. So I, uh, I think this is episode 16. So, uh, and we've got a great topic and this is, this was your idea. So why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to do today? Yeah. You know what? I thought it would be pretty neat. I, I looked at the calendar and I couldn't believe that we're already halfway through the year, more than halfway through the year. And, you know, as the summer sort of comes to an end, businesses are starting to think about year end a little bit more and what that means. And sometimes it feels lonely being at the top and being an owner of a business or a leader, an entrepreneur. And so really, I thought I wanted to tell people, or as we talked about it, we wanted to share with you know other entrepreneurs that you're not alone and that a lot of the challenges that you face or experience, most of us are also experiencing and facing. And so I thought it'd be neat to highlight what are some of the business challenges or leadership challenges that we kind of hear or that we've experienced ourselves and we could provide a little bit of insight but really just to highlight that you're not alone and, you know, it's not lonely. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. Well, yeah. And, it, you know, what's interesting that just as a bit of a segue, uh, not segue, a sidebar, one of the things that I talk to potential uh, coaching clients is about is the fact that it is lonely at the top and who are you going to talk to, right? And so what we're going to try to do today is talk about issues that are common to most business owners yeah. and, and it hopefully will resonate with you that, gee, yeah, I'm having those issues. And it'll point out to you that you're not alone, that everyone else has the same issues. Sometimes there's comfort in numbers, right? And waiting yeah. can be a good thing. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're worried about who can I talk to about it and having a trusted advisor because you don't want to look weak or you don't want to feel, you know, or cascade stress down to other people. Anyway, so that's, I think that's our topic. Good word, cascade. Ooh. I oh, <laughs> thanks, Jim. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So without further ado, let's highlight some of the challenges, issues, opportunities that, you know, we've experienced or that, that we've heard others experiencing. And we'll talk through a few of them and then we'll call it a wrap. Well, so, you know, uh, you pointed out just before we started the podcast that uh, we, you and I are business people. We we are business owners ourselves. So we ourselves experience some, if yeah. not all of these issues that we're going to discuss too. So when we talk, we're talking from positions of experience that, uh, I mean, I've been in business now for longer than I really should mention, but, um, and I've had several different businesses in several different industries. And so I personally have experienced these issues. So the first one that comes to mind and probably the number one issue that business owners encounter is staffing mm. and employee issues, in other words. And that really is what it's all about. When, you know, the best coaches, the best business coaches in the world, they tend to deal most of their time when they're working with, with their uh, entrepreneur customers, they're dealing with staffing issues. In other words, building very strong, powerful teams. So what does that mean? Well, the first thing is the struggle to find and keep good people. Yeah. And, I mean, and with this COVID uh, world that we're in and the, the great resignation and you know, whether or not you think it exists, the millennial sense of entitlement and, you know, all of these stresses upon business owners, finding and keeping good people becomes almost your number one job. 
if if you want to have a strong business, you have to have strong people. So, so how how do you do that in this challenging market? Well, one of the ways to do it is to create a a, a very strong culture within your organization that attracts talent. In other words, word gets out that this is a pretty cool place to work. Okay, and culture is something that we could do a whole podcast on, because if you don't create the culture. The culture will happen organically and it may yeah. not be the culture that you chose, right? So you need to be mm-hmm. very methodical about what culture and what does that mean? It means, you know, that the company has certain values and beliefs and there's a structure and uh, we're working towards similar goals. And, you know, we do the right thing even when nobody's looking. This is all part of culture. And we, when we're focused on the customer and we're focused on the community and we're focused on each other. You know, and 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 we we support the company. This this is the kind of stuff that fosters a very strong culture. You're absolutely bang on. The people part of any organization is the biggest asset within any organization. And you know, we're not talking about the solopreneurs, but if you've got any sort of employees, they are your biggest asset. And without them, there is no business. There is no team. There is no organization. And so having a thriving, engaged, positive culture is absolute key. It's not an option, but, you know, to your first point, it's finding people and staffing. So part of it is, you know, retention and keeping top talent. But then as your company grows or people retire, it's being able to succession plan and to be able to staff. And that has proven to be really, really difficult, specifically within the trades um, I would say over the last couple of years, not having enough people to manage all of the leads or the jobs has definitely been a struggle. And it's not just small companies. I mean, we were just talking about airlines and the problems that are happening at Pearson Airport right now that, you know, some somewhere near 50% of the flights are getting canceled. And a, a good friend of mine is a pilot and he, a commercial pilot. Uh, and he was saying that it's not just about a lack of pilots. It's a lack of all employees at airlines. Right. And so yeah. it's the ground crew and it's the the flight crew and it's the, uh, the people at the gates and everybody, even administrative staff, they're missing. And so they can't process all that. Anyway, finding and keeping good people is a challenge for everybody. You're not alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great point. So the next point I want to make is, you need to, once you have your people, you need to motivate and train them. So as you, yes. uh, your your staff is your biggest asset. It's all, you know, on your income statement, it will always be the largest line item for most companies anyway. And yeah. so why wouldn't you manage that biggest asset, that biggest expense that you have? You know, you've got to have actual programs in place to train people, to give them a sense that there's support for them when they need it. And that they they have a company behind them that believes in their education and, and believes in yeah. their the betterment of their career, right? This is all ways of keeping good people. One of the the, the things that I work with uh, my clients with is um, setting up quarterly management review meetings. And this is where you have a regular pulse every three months. The management of the company, the management team sits down and they set goals for that quarter and they review the last quarter. How did we do on this? And this creates you know an environment of organization and purpose and we're we're doing something we have a structure we have something to work towards right the last thing i want to say about staffing is how do you minimize churn so as we said off the top the great resignation right like i forget what the statistics are but some huge percentage of people are deciding to change careers and this is causing churn is expensive it's it's really hard on companies because it costs real money to onboard people and to train them and bring them up to speed to get them to be fully productive employees for the organization. So how do you minimize churn? Well, for a smaller organization, consider offering employee benefits. Most larger organizations do this. Most mm-hmm. or many small organizations think it's too expensive. And I mean, I you know I'm I'm I know that there are programs available that are not and of course you can pick and choose what you want but it's the kind of thing that if a, an employee is debating between one company or the other if you offer a certain degree of employee benefits that might be something that that applies to them communication creating a feedback mm. listening to your and this talks about 
you know, uh, getting back to the quarterly management review meetings, but have, you know, communicate with your employees. I used to call it MBWA, management by walking around. <laughs> mm, love it. So I would just walk around and I'd kind of peer over someone's shoulder and say, hey, how's it going now? And they'd kind of go, whoa, he's standing right behind me. <laughs> but we'd start a conversation and I'd, I'd learn so much about my employees and their lives and what they're working on and the problems they're having. They felt that they could tell me right there, this is an issue I'm working on right now. And it was a great little one-on-one and it was completely impromptu. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think, you know what, the 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 thrust of any organization is is having a great effective communication strategy. And I think to your point, it's comprised of both, you know, more formal communication approaches and then more unstructured, the ad hoc meetings, taking the time. For example, if you're in the construction industry, taking the time to go to the fields and visit, you know, the men or women that are working out there, but also having very structured you know, you refer to them as as management review meetings. I I typically refer to them as performance review meetings, but whatever you call them, it's, you know, having some sort of a process to A, share with the employees and the teams what the business goals are, and also taking time to understand what each individual employee's career development goals are. Are they looking to move up in the company? And do they have some sort of goal or career aspiration? Are they happy doing the work that they're doing, but just want to develop some sort of a skill set themselves? But whatever it is, is actually having that purposeful, intentional conversation. So lots of really great ways to uh, retain employees. But, you know, the whole point to all of this was is to highlight that staffing is definitely a struggle for a lot of businesses. Retaining staff is something you've certainly got more control over. So take the time to put things in place. You know, finding staff or the recruitment selection process seems to be a little bit more more challenging right now. But yeah, great point. Staffing is definitely at the top of the list. And sort of part of that, I would say, is the whole uncertainty around it, right? It's what you can control and what you can't control. And just you know, the feeling of, of uncertainty definitely can impact leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, what's in your control and what isn't in your control, right? Right. So that's that's a whole other issue that the whole topic of yeah. uncertainty and, and how that the kind of stress that that causes. So what kind of uncertainty do, do business owners feel? Well, I've I've been hearing people lately talk to me about, are we going into a recession? I mean, interest rates are going mm-hmm. up. Inflation is up. There's a lot of angst in the marketplace right now. You know, governments are struggling to get a hold on inflation. People are now, mind you, just in the past few days, the gas prices at the pumps are starting to come down a little bit, which is nice. But for the past couple of months, two or three months or more, uh, those gas prices have been the highest I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. And, and this really impacts people who are on a limited budget, right? But they still need yeah. to, to get to work. So the stresses are there. So that translate that to the employers and the business owners. They wonder, are we going into a recession? And and I've actually, actually had people say to me, Jim, what do you think? Like, should I be getting ready to lay people off because we're going into a recession? Wow that almost becomes self-fulfilling, right? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And uh, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what the next six months or a year is going to bring. But just like there's no time to start, no good time to start a business, you just have to start it. Don't wait for a business cycle to start a business. I would say the same thing about don't worry about, now, you need to be aware, you need to watch the signals, monitor your business, see where your revenue is going. You have to adjust your costs accordingly and, you know, read the news feeds about what's going on and what other businesses are doing. I, I, I don't know. I don't spend a whole lot of time worrying. I've been through so many business cycles in my career, my business career, and I've, I've heard the disaster scenarios so many times, which have never turned out. Even probably the worst recession in my lifetime, which was 2008, even that, you know, wasn't as bad as everyone thought it would be for many companies. It was terrible for some companies, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying for my particular company at the time, we got through it, you know? Look at COVID. I mean, it 
totally killed the trade show industry, which is is Skyline Auto is the, the business that I, I own. But we got through it. And here we are, business is starting to come back. So yeah, uncertainty in the business cycle is an issue. Sorry, I would just say on, on top of that, I you know, the struggle that we're highlighting is the feeling of uncertainty. And I just like to highlight that it is such a normal feeling that I don't know that I would find any business owner, leader, entrepreneur that could ever say that there hasn't been a time where they've been uncertain about something. So the point here is, is that you're not alone, but it's when you're having the feelings of uncertainty, no matter what it's related to, it's what are the strategies that you have in place to deal with that uncertainty? And I would think that something that would be useful would be, again, think about what's within your control about whatever the uncertainty is and what isn't and focus on what you can control and, and try and be less worried or fearful or uncertain about what's out of your control. And within that too, it's it's being a little bit you know, focused on your emotions, right? When we're uncertain about something, our emotions could get the better of us at times. So my recommendation would also be try not to get into any self-sabotaging thoughts or behaviors. Um, worst case scenario, being the unknown is a tough place to be, right? Whether we get good news or bad news, I mean, obviously we'd prefer to have good news, but once we know whatever the situation is, we can then put a plan in place to deal with both the good news or bad news. But the uncertainty of something, that big old question mark, is a tougher place to be because you can't plan for it. Um, you know, well, sometimes and, putting pros and cons in place can help well, too. Exactly. And 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 you know, uncertainty leads to indecision. If if yeah. you're uncertain as to what to do, you can't decide what to do, right? And that can lead to analysis and you say, well, let's dig into it and let's get some numbers and let's figure this out. But that can lead to analysis paralysis, where all you do is analyze the situation and you never make a decision. So being action oriented, being action oriented is something that I think is important. And it's it's good to remember that statistically making a decision even if it's the wrong decision and taking action on that decision is better most times than not doing anything, than doing nothing. So in other words, taking action, even if it's the wrong action, is better than doing nothing, mm. uh, which sounds bizarre. But so in other words, don't feel bad about saying, I'm not 100% sure this is the right decision, but we're going to do it anyway. Okay, don't yeah. feel about having to make that decision. Don't feel bad about that. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna move on to some to another point that's just closely aligned to uncertainty. But I wasn't sure if you were if you had another thought well, or something else. One other, one other comment on uncertainty, and that yeah. is, I, I work with a lot of people who are uh, pre startup. They're 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 pre launch. They're startups, mm -hmm. right? They haven't launched yet. So you talk about uncertainty. It goes right down to the core of: Is this business idea going to work? Right? I have no idea if this is going to work. Everything is uncertain. How is it going to turn out? And, you know, most startups within the first little while, like year to two years of them in operation, they actually do more than one complete 180 degree turn in what it is that they thought they were doing. They thought they were doing this, but actually the market said, no, you have an opportunity over here. And they start doing right. that. Right. So uncertainty doesn't mean you shouldn't just jump in and do it is, is what I'm saying. Ready, shoot, aim is a good yeah. thing to remember with, with all of this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, want to do another one? Yeah. So I was going to say really, you know, something that correlates uh, hugely with uncertainty is the feelings that you get of stress and oh. anxiety. Right. And, and I don't think that you have not. to be, that's the next one I wanted to talk about exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, right. And and I mean, I know we're focusing more on, on business leaders or owners, entrepreneurs today, but obviously just the feeling of uncertainty. If you're a human being, you know, it can increase your stress and anxiety level. But the point here is, is just to let people know that it is normal. You know, life is stressful. It's about what strategies you have in place to manage your stress and how do you navigate through the stress. But to say that you're going to live a life without stress is, is probably a little unrealistic. You know, if we have a listener that's managed to do that, I would absolutely love to hear, you know, what, how that's going and, you know, how they've adopted it. But in all seriousness, stress is normal, right? Well, and a little bit of stress is actually good for you. 
Mm-hmm. It, it motivates you, right? My accountant years ago said to me, yeah, you know, it kind of keeps your feet to the fire, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It spurs you to take action and move when you're a little stressed about something, right? It's when stress becomes endemic. It becomes persistent. Uh, the analogy that was that was made to me years ago was, you know, if you walk across the lawn once, the grass just pops right back up and it's nothing. But if you walk across the lawn multiple times and multiple people do that, it event- eventually kills the grass and you mm. have across the lawn, right? And That's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what stress is like, that our bodies were not, you know, we didn't evolve to have constant cortisol that the, you know, that the fight or flight chemicals coursing through our veins. And so it has really long, really bad long-term effects. So to your point, what, you know, what can you do? Well, first of all, recognize that it's normal, that all entrepreneurs are going to feel stress at some point. Remind yourself, well, first of all, find somebody to talk to. That That's key. Now, I, you know, whether that's professional help, it's up to you. I did at one point, I'm willing to admit that at one point in my career, I was so stressed out that I sought help. And thankfully, so I had one session with a psychologist and she's at the end of the session, we're standing out at her reception. And she said, she leaned over and she quietly whispered into my ear. She said, Jim, do you have insurance to cover this? And I said, no, I'm paying out of pocket. And she goes, you know what? I'm not going to take your money. She said, I treat sick people. You're not sick. (laughs) which is interesting. That was worth the price of admission right there. What she told me was I, I didn't have clinical depression or anxiety, right? And so not by in a, but so she, what she taught me was some stresses are extrinsic and some are intrinsic, right? So extrinsic means it comes from outside. And in my case, all of my stress was coming from business challenges that I was worrying about things like money and all the stuff that every, you know, every normal business owner worries about. So find help, whether that's someone you can talk to, a friend, a confidant, a business coach. This is something you and I deal with all the time. Really, who are they going to talk to? Business owners. They can't complain to their employees. They can't come home and dump on their spouses because that's just going to stress out the relationship. So part of what we do is just let our clients vent to us, right? And and just give them a forum to 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 release some of this anxiety that they have. And you know, to jump on sort of one of your earlier points is having a little bit of stress is normal as long as you've also got the strategies, right? As we said to deal with it. When it becomes harmful is when that stress turns into burnout. And that's when it becomes, you know, health concerns. Um, and it just it becomes more serious. And so a key point is recognizing what are the signs? Sorry, the words sort of slipped my mind. You know, what are the signs? And your signs may not echo exactly what my signs look like. So it's really understanding, you know, what our thresholds are individually, you know, what are what our body signs are. I, you know, I could get physical signs within my body of aches and pains or whatever it is where you might show it in a different way. But The point is it's recognizing, you know, when your stress is moving to burnout level, because it does become a lot more of a serious problem. And it is something that, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs can have to deal with. Well, yeah. And you don't want to let it get that far because then it's a real problem. That's right. Absolutely. Then you're no good to anybody and you you can't be the leader that you need to be to run your business. Right. So a quick Google search of the signs of burnout brought up Mm. some really interesting things. Like for instance, excessive stress, like, as you said, a little bit of stress is normal, but when, you know, you're paralyzed because you're so stressed out, fatigue, insomnia, you know, how many, we, we use that as a standard thing. like, you know, what's keeping you up at night. Right. But literally, if you can't sleep, that's really bad for your brain and your body. Right. Sadness, anger or irritability. Oh man. I used to, I mean, I, I, mm. I had a trigger like a hair trigger uh, anger level when I back at when I was at my worst, this was 20 more than 20 years ago, but I would really, the, the lion would be let out of the cage if I got pushed too far. And uh, that's just not right. We talked about this indecision is actually a sign of burnout because just, it's almost like you give up. It's like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm not making any more decisions. I, 
I can't make a good decision because I'm just not in the right mental frame of mind to do it. Alcohol or substance abuse, um, misuse. I would say back in the day that, you know, again, more than 20, 25 years ago, I was self-medicating. I would come home and I'd have a stiff martini thinking it was kind of cool, you know, like nothing wrong with being an executive having a martini after work. But then that would lead to two, three, four, five, six martinis. Mm. And then my kids would find me asleep on the couch at 8.30 p.m., right? Uh, Mm. And that was me trying to deal with all the stress that was going through. And thankfully, I got through that and over that. And I've, you know, brought Mm. my alcohol consumption way, way down. But anyway, if you find yourself leaning on drugs or alcohol, then, you know, that's not a, not a good sign. So what are some of the things that you can do if you start to spot some of the signs of burnout? As we said earlier, talk to a professional. There's no shame in that. You know, I, I know a gentleman who's he's starting a business. It's a not-for-profit that is in support of men's mental health in particular. Mm. And because, you know, men are really terrible at sharing their feelings, right? And they tend to bottle up and the, the you know, he's got all the statistics, but men's, the, the, the rate of suicide is on the rise and he's trying to do something to counter that. So talk to somebody, you know, and then the second suggestion is do something about it. So rest, get a change of scenery, give yourself permission as a business owner, know that it's okay to say, I'm taking some time here. Uh, I'm going to turn my phone off, delegate what you need to do, clear your calendar, take some time to recuperate. You're no good to anybody if you're not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I know all great points. And I guess the last point, if I can, just to sort of add on or close off that point is it's remember to be kind to yourself. You know, we're pretty good at being hard on ourselves. Probably many people can resonate with that. I'd say as a business owner, you know, it kind of all falls on you and and we've sort of, we've done a pretty good job at being hard on ourselves. So I'd like to give permission to all the business owners out there to love yourself and be kind to yourself and recognize all the good you've done and all the accomplishments that you've done. Because when we get overly stressed or we get to a burnout level, you know, we forget about all the good that we've done and all the strides that we've overcome and the resilience that we faced. And so take a minute to either do a gratitude journal or look at yourself in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth and tell yourself something that you're proud of that you've done that day, but focus a little bit on the positive and and try to get out of sort of the negative mindset that we we can find ourselves in. Yeah. And I really like that. What, you know, be kind to yourself. I mean, we're, we spend so much time being kind, focusing on being kind to others, whether that's employees or uh, customers or people we meet on the street where it's drilled into us, be kind. And yet, as you say, sometimes we're just not kind to ourselves. We just blame ourselves for stuff and we beat ourselves up and that's just not good for our health. So um, what is the, you know, one of the most, uh, one of the biggest causes of stress and anxiety in life. And for me, as it is for a lot of people, it's money. Sadly, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, (laughs) right? More money, Mm -hmm. more problems. Like it it took me uh, 50 years to figure out that I, I was chasing this golden idol that wasn't going to bring me happiness and that true happiness comes from things other than money, stuff, the stuff that money brings, right? The whole less is more thing. But in business, you got to deal with money. You have to, you necessarily have to face up with it and deal with it. So what are some of the things that cause stress in a business money-wise? Well, one of them is cash flow management. And mm. I've got to tell you, one of my best friends uh, just recently retired and sold his business, but he ran a business for probably 50 years. He said, and I love this, he said, the indoor must be bigger than the outdoor. Mm. When it comes to cash, you got to have yeah. more coming in than you have going out. And it sounds so simple, but most people don't do that. <laughs> yeah. 
So if you just manage your cash that way, cash is king. You need to always have enough cash in your business to run the business. More businesses go under, not because they don't have enough customers or enough sales, but because they don't manage their cash properly. And so that leads into the next thought, which is managing growth. And if a company's growing, everyone thinks, oh, that's great. But growth eats cash. So, you know, you, you need to be very careful because as your, you know, sales go up, so do your costs. And you always have to be, have a plan and be able to manage growth. And then, of course, dealing with negative growth. So as I did, as, as my team and I had to do when COVID hit and all trade shows stopped overnight, we, we had a mm. 95% drop in revenue overnight. Talk about earth shattering. Talk about world changing for us. Uh, and then we went, I don't know, how many months was it? 24 months with virtually no income whatsoever. So having to deal with, we had to you know, downsize like crazy. It was basically hunkering down. It was getting into the trenches, keeping our head low, getting as small as humanly possible. Of course, taking advantage of every government subsidy that we were entitled to. And uh, we managed to survive and get through it. But we didn't. We never buried our head in the sand, and we never quit. You know, we we stuck to it and kept going. Outside financing. So, you know, this is something that a lot of small businesses are afraid to do. They're afraid of debt, other people's money. Okay, so establish credit when times are good. So, when things, you know, people are like, well, I don't need any extra credit right now. Fine, now's the time to go out and get a line of credit from the bank because if the books look great, they're happy to set up a line of credit and then they they don't ask you anymore. But that money's there for you should you need it a few months mm-hmm. from now. And you can use it for whatever you want. So uh, always remember outside financing, using other people's money. Yeah, you know what? Really great points. Money is uh, something that's obviously top of mind or hopefully and should be top of mind for any business owner, um, you know, leader in the company. And again, it's what strategies do you have in place? Do you have a business plan? Have you set growth objectives, revenue objectives? You know, to your point, what's going in? What's coming out? Depending on the size of the company, you know, who are your sort of key finance stakeholders? Do you have a bookkeeper or, you know, an accountant? Do you have a CFO or a controller? What sort of budgets and reporting are you getting on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, you know, annual basis? It's setting up all of these things. So, you know, money is a good topic for you. It's it's not a stressful, uh, fearful topic, but you've got to take the time to set things up and then be able to navigate when I'll say shit hits the fan, so to speak, right? Have a plan is what you're talking yeah, about. And, and yeah, that's right. This is again, coming back to what we do as business coaches, is we yeah. work with our clients to identify what it is that they want for their businesses and then yeah. set a plan to that we can execute to reach those goals. It, it's not rocket science. We do, you know, yeah. you basically work the plan. There's a, um, comm- a TV commercial for one of the banks and I love this. It, it, they say, uh, oh, and it's it's for their investment wing of the bank, whatever it is. And uh, one of the, the characters says, hope is not a plan. Mm. That's so true. You can't yeah. just that things are going to get better. You need to have a plan on what you're yeah. going to do. For the, and know. even one step further, like short-term and long-term plans. Like what's your plan for this year? What's your three to five-year plan? What's you know, are you close to retiring? What's your succession plan? You know, it all comes back to kind of money, but to your point, it's having some structure and having a plan. But again, if you're thinking about money, you're not alone. Yeah. I would yeah. say every business owner, you know. Is, well, and, uh, and money, you know, what's interesting is that I learned at some point in my career that money was my number one stressor. It was the single, the button that affected me more than any other stressor was money. I could deal with almost anything, but if it was a money issue, I don't know why it just got me wound up. I don't, it was a fear of failure, which is also very common to entrepreneurs that I learned that early on that I was reading a book and they said, you know, fear of failure is common to almost all entrepreneurs. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. 
I think that was our very first podcast that we ever did. It was speaking about fear, fear yeah. right? Yeah. And the differences in fear. Yeah, great points. You know, something else that sort of comes to mind that has impacted a lot of businesses, you know, specifically through COVID over the last couple of years is just uh, supply shortages. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, for sure, not every single sector industry, but geez, Louise, so many across the board, you know, from anyways, I don't want to call anybody out, but there has been a lot of supply chain well, again, uh, shortages. It hits right? all, all sizes of companies for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're yeah. you know, uh, Elon Musk and, and trying to build cars or whether you're the, uh, you know, the corner dog groomer and you can't get uh whatever shampoo for your, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a huge issue and it's uh, you know, we were, we were speaking earlier in terms of staffing that, you know, for some, again, some organizations, depending on the industry you're in, the leads have been coming in, you know, pretty quick. And from a staffing perspective, you haven't been able to keep up, but then also from a supply chain perspective, you know, people want the product and service that you have, but you're not able to fulfill them because you can't get it from the manufacturers. And, you know, there's been delays that have been months and there's other ones that it's, we'll get it to you next year. Like it's, it's been hugely, hugely impactful. And so having to navigate around that creates potentially a lot of uncertainty. It's about managing expectations with your employees to manage expectations within the clients. You know, typically if you're letting the client know I can service, not services, but I can, you know, get the product free, but it could take six to nine months. They're then in a position to say yes or no. If you don't manage that expectation and they think that they're going to get it before the end of the month, you know, you're going to have an un happy customer. And then you're going to have a not happy employee who's going to have to deal with that, right? It's just, it's a, it's a pretty crappy domino effect. So I would say the supply chain challenges is not something within your control, but what is within your control is managing expectations and staying on top of it. Because also depending on what the product is, it's, it's changing. It's, it's not one shoe fits all for when you're going to get it. Right. No, but to your point, right off the top, you're not alone. Everybody, no, everybody gosh, is feeling the yeah. supply chain problems, right? And uh, I got to say that uh, getting the trade show industry, you know, now that it's coming back and people are going to trade shows, they expect us to be able to snap our fingers and be able to build exhibits and have them magically show up on trade show floors on a specific date at a certain time. Oh my, I mean, our industry has always been stressful for that because it's so incredibly time sensitive. You can't think about it. The, the trade show is going to start whether or not the booth is sitting there and, and mm-hmm. up. Okay. Yeah. And the client's desire to pay diminishes exponentially if the booth isn't standing there. So you can imagine how, you know, for as long as we've been in business, we've had to deal with making sure that problems get solved ahead of the trade show so that we can deal with contingencies. We have contingencies in place that can deal with the problems that are going to happen. But now everything's getting thrown in. I mean, what used to take four weeks is now taking 12 weeks. Well, how do you plan for a trade show when everything, you know, everything from FedEx to the, the guy who, you know, the plastic suppliers to the, who knows, right? Everything is 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 all out of whack now. So anyway, yeah. as you said, managing those expectations, talking to clients and saying, you're going to have to roll with the punches with us on this one. Yeah. Backup plan and blah, 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 right? Yeah. And so part of the supply chain challenges that folks and, and businesses are facing are from the perspective of time, but also as impactful is the cost and the inflation of whatever these products are. And, yeah. and some of them are just hugely inflated, right? Yeah. And so again, it's the business owner having to manage that with their then their salespeople, employees down to the customer. So it's it's you're not alone. You know, a yeah. lot of industries have had to manage and deal with supply chain shortages and um, you know, all that's involved in that. So it's interesting how just your, your topic of dealing with inflation, you know, so I, I was reading that many restaurants are getting creative. Instead of raising the prices of a dish, they're just making the dish smaller. Which Oh, yeah. Interesting. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. There's a, 
a, a really famous local restaurant here that I won't name only because I don't want to out him, but yeah, a very famous dish that everyone goes for. And he admitted that uh, he just made it smaller. And so it's the same price, but it's like 20% smaller. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the other, the other thing is you got to watch for it is, you know, don't just think you can raise prices and get away with it because of inflation and you can blame inflation. Somebody pointed out this morning that, um, you know, one distributor said, yes, there's a new tax in our jurisdiction on sugary drinks. Therefore, we have to raise all the prices of our sugary drinks. And this commentator, whoever it was, commented, why the heck are you raising the price on Coke Zero then, right? <laughs> There's no sugar Coke Zero. Yeah. So anyway, be careful about that. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. To ask you, I, I wanted to ask you about being overwhelmed because I know mm. that, uh, that you, you, know, you probably have dealt with uh, some of your clients with what yeah, I would I would definitely say that that's one of the challenges, very very common challenges that business owners and entrepreneurs face is is the feeling of being overwhelmed. So you're absolutely not alone if you're going through that or you've ever been through feeling a little bit of overwhelm. There's never a shortage of things to do when you're the owner of a company. And it doesn't matter what size of the company it is, right? There's everything sort of stops with you. And so it really is managing all of the different competing priorities. It's recognizing that you're going to have a to-do list that you're never going to finish, really, right? There's always going to be something that's going to be on your to-do list. So how are you prioritizing those competing priorities? And how are you delegating some of those competing priorities, there's not going to be everything that you're going to be able to delegate to one of your leaders or someone else within your organization. But likely some of the things that are landing on your list are things that, you know, you by yourself don't have to be the person to do. So I would say, you know, looking at that first, how are you managing all of your tasks? How are you keeping organized with what your task list is? Um, how are you prioritizing what that is and, and look at what your delegation is. Also, you know, have you tried tracking your time? And I know that's something we've talked about on a on a previous podcast, but sometimes the feeling of overwhelm is because you're not efficiently using your time as, as purposefully as you could. So I would potentially look at time tracking, which sounds like you know, a laborious thing to do, but it really has a lot of benefits in the end. And that can certainly help with overwhelm. And and if you're not sure whether you're feeling or overwhelmed, I think about how are you staying accountable and how are you with your deliverables and your commitments? And are you having to push meetings out or ask for extensions? And even if you are the boss, you still have, you know, deliverables and, and commitments that you should be honoring. And so how are you with all of that stuff? And sort of lastly, I would say, how are you feeling about everything? So um, you know, your passion for what you're doing and the purpose for what you're doing. And are you still as excited about what you're doing? You know, typically when we're in a state of overwhelm, our, our mojo is not at an all-time high. And so we can come across maybe being a little grumpier, short with our employees or a little bit quick with them. You know, it's, it's, uh, we want people to, you know, walk the walk and, and talk the talk. And so how we're acting should be a reflection, hopefully, of what our employees and our team members are doing. And if we're not, you know, performing at our sort of top level or acting, you know, in a very positive, engaged, passionate way, then how are we expecting everybody else to follow suit? So I would say recognize A, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed? And if you are, then just stop, breathe, pause, and think about, you know, what you can do to change that. And, and you know, look to your your uh, leadership team and the people that you trust in your organization and, you know, work with them to see what's on their plate and what they can help take off your plate. Or when was the last time that you afforded yourself an afternoon off or took a vacation? Sometimes you need to just step back and clear your head, go for a walk. I'm not saying you need to take a month off work. You know, most of us can't uh, really justify that, but you could allow yourself time to pause. Yeah. And it, like you said, it, feeling overwhelmed is is sometimes a result of or leading towards burnout 
So mm-hmm. it, it's a sign you need to, you need to deal with it. One of the things that I remember was very helpful for me, and it was kind of an aha moment many years ago, was the power of saying no. So often, either as employees or even managers or owners, we want to say yes to everything because we want to be positive and we want to support everybody and grow the business and help everyone. So yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. This is the mantra that we drill into ourselves. But there's a great power in just saying, you know, I can't do that. Or even another good tactic I learned is when somebody said, somebody walks into your office and says, here, can you do this for me? You can say to them, yes, I can tomorrow. So in other words, I can't do it today, but I'll do it tomorrow. And it's amazing how many times they go, oh, I I need it done right now. And they walk out and do it themselves (laughs) or find somebody else to do it, right? Like, and of course you have to be honest with that, but if you really are overwhelmed, understand that it's okay to say no and, and know when to say no and that there is power and control in, in knowing that it's that no is sometimes the right answer. And that can also go to, no, we're not going to take this sale. We're not going to do this deal because it's not right for the company. That's a powerful one too. It's hard to turn down business, but knowing when to say no is a key success factor in business. Yeah. And I would say, you know, what's, what's really prudent too is identifying where the overwhelm is coming from. Because ideally, what you're trying to do is, you know, not continue to react to the overwhelm, but to sort of nip it in the bud. And if you know where the overwhelm is coming from, hopefully it's not something that's going to repeat yourself. And I I know over the last few years, specifically, there has been a lot of change and transition and, and the requirement for people to pivot. And you think of business owners who maybe at one time had their entire employee base in the office and then the entire employee base had to work from home. And now they're maybe doing a hybrid model. And how are you keeping your team engaged? And, you know, my point is, is, is the resistance to change. Not everybody can sort of transition or, or change or, or pivot, you know, with the same ease and stuff. And so just change in itself or dealing with change can create a lot of overwhelm. So recognizing you know, what those feelings are and and how can you adapt a little bit easier? What, you know, does resilience look like to you? How, how are you resilient? And, and just trying to uh, recognize that change is a constant, right? We can't control change from not happening anymore, but what you can control is how you deal with the change. And so, you know, again, seeking some support, whether that's from a business coach or another trusted advisor to deal with, you know, all the changes that you might have to face within your organization should hopefully, you know, positively impact some of the overwhelm that you're feeling. Uh, So resistance to change is a huge issue. I mean, there's structural resistance to change. People don't want to change what they're doing because they've worked hard to get to this system that they have. But as you point out, change is absolutely essential to the to the healthy operation of any business. You yeah. have to be constantly adapting. And that part of that comes from the top. The, you know, the CEO needs to have as one of their functions is the uh, the feedback loop. In other words, constantly evaluating, measuring, adapting, providing mechanisms for change you know, analyzing the market and adapting and changing to those market conditions. So resistance to change is something that I think management needs to needs to deal with. And as you point out, it's one of the biggest issues that we have. Yeah. And recognizing that your employees don't all handle change in the same capacity too. So, you know, how are your employees handling it and what sort of support or trainings are we providing to them? You think about organizational changes that happen, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID, they'll hop in post-COVID, somebody retires, a new leader takes over, an individual gets promoted to now become a people manager. You know, these are all changes that are going to continue to happen within your business or businesses, but not everybody can handle change in the same way. So it's just, it's as a leader, as a business owner, recognizing that we have to be able to pivot and transition and, and support people with the right onboarding training. 
support, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, all that to say, you know, um, in supporting our topic for today's podcast, you're not alone. Resistance to change is, is, is not an easy thing to navigate through. And most business owners, if not all business owners, have to deal with some sort of change at some point. Yeah. So, you know, this is by no means, uh, you know, any comprehensive list of all the issues that every business owner is going to run into. But I think we've touched on some of the most important ones and some of the most common ones, and hopefully given some good ideas and strategies for how to deal with these issues that we're all going to face at some point in our business careers. And as you point out, we're not alone. We, uh, we all feel these things at one point or at one time or another. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? A huge shout out to all the leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs out there. You know, you guys are all doing such a stellar job and, you know, we we just appreciate everything that everybody does and recognize probably from discussions that we have with other coaches, from our clients to being business owners ourselves. We really appreciate that there are obstacles to overcome but really are, are so appreciative that there are business owners out there that have some pretty cool businesses, right? Well, uh, with that, I think we should wrap it up. Yes, uh, I know. I felt like, you know, we're, we're, we're always like, we're going to watch the time and then it's like, okay, that was 20 minutes ago. Yeah, we should. See, we're passionate about it. There you go. Uh, we should point out that as always, if there's anything that we've talked about that you want more information on or would like to talk to us about, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to Candice or me on our LinkedIn. You can find us easily and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. It was fun. Well, with that, I'm Jim. And I'm Candice. And this has been The Business Tune-Up. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Business Tune-Up Podcast with Candice and Jim. Got a question about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Connect with Candice or Jim through LinkedIn and send them a message. Thanks for listening. And until next time on the Business Tune-Up, continue to find your spark.